Hey everybody, this is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott, and welcome to the auto podcast that did not buy stock in Rivian at 100 bucks a share. You didn't get it at 100 Daryl? No, I didn't. Well, I didn't get it at any dollar. When I say you didn't get it at 150 I never will buy it. That's probably good, because it's down to about a buck 20 as of today. On this episode of Throwing Wrenches Podcast... 2001 called. It wants you to rank its hot rod import sedans. Automakers want your ride to report back to the mothership, and customers are okay with that. And Rivian blasts off. Thanks for listening. To join in on the fun of the show, just email us at info at thrownwrenches.com or post a review on iTunes to be heard all around the world. If you don't know my co-host, Daryl Scott, well, hey, homeless people dumpster dive to survive. They grab on a morsel of a life-giving McRib scrap. Daryl Scott, well, he does something similar in his scrapyard dives Mm -hmm. for grills, hubcaps, old Volvo models that are completely unrelated to Bork. Just like a day-old special sauce, they nourish him. Like chicken soup for the picker's soul. That's my co-host, Daryl Scott. That's 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 one of the more descriptive slash disgusting uh, <laughs> about your host sections. But I like it. I like it. Nice work. For those of you who don't know Eric Stahl, my co-host, Chris Christofferson wrote many songs about the things that Eric Stahl has seen out on the trail. Songs like Highwayman or Sunday Morning Coming Down mm. and Help Me Make It Through the Night. Although that last song was really about Eric needing to find some lodging because he forgot to pack his tent last time. We're glad that he didn't freeze to death somewhere in the Rockies. He's Eric Stahl. You just don't like producing the show by yourself. That's what it boils down to. That's exactly what it is. Thanks, Daryl. I appreciate the compliment. Uh, Anytime. Hey, and if you don't know our sponsors, let me tell you a little bit about Fort's Toyota Peak. And they have been one of our longest sponsors of the show, Daryl. Do you know that? They are. Do we have a plaque for them? Oh, we should. We, we should give do. them awards. We yes, give them yes. All right. Well, they're our second longest sponsor, and Fort's Toyota Pekin is in North Pekin, Illinois. They can be found on the web at www.toyota-pekin.com. There you'll find their inventory of new and used cars, Toyotas specifically. You know what, Daryl? New Toyotas are showing up daily. Really? Yes, they are. And That's actually, good news. And the Tundra, the new 2022 Tundra, yes. coming any day now. They, it's suspected November, and they're showing up as available. So hopefully that means they're going to be in the transport trucks or any time. So keep an eye at Forts Toyota Pekin. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook, at Forts Toyota, to get all the newest inventory and all the goodies there. Disclaimer, Daryl, I work at Forts Toyota Pekin, so... If you see my mug up there talking about service, talking about some contests, you know, coming in for Christmas, they're going to be giving away a Supra Lego toy every week all the way through November and December for all those kitties out there. That's a lovely incentive. Along with an oil change for the folks, but nobody cares about the kit. Right. The it's really about the Lego. Get right, that Lego right. Supra. It's a cool so, kit. So check them out at www.toyota-beacon.com, and you'll be nothing but pleased because they're 15 minutes from anywhere in the Tri-County area. Speaking of longevity, we'd like to say thank you to our other sponsors, the CLO Morton. That is the Casey Law Office. That's what the C and the L and the O stands for. They're a proud sponsor of Throwing Wrenches Podcast. They have been for a many a day. Many a day. They specialize in how oh, your cat's getting my hand. Um, they specialize in consumer law, automotive purchases and repair, home purchases and repair, and other consumer representation against those, you know, nasty, fraudulent mm, business mm. practices. you got to watch out for those. Scummy businesses. You can always give Gabe Casey a call. He'll be happy to discuss your case. CLOMorton.com. Hit him up on the worldwide Wow. Or you can also, uh, you know, just check him out there in Morton. Speaking of Morton, 
Also like to give a shout out to Arena Esports. It is the place in central Illinois for gamers. That's right. Also in beautiful downtown Morton, Arena Esports has a little something for everyone. Whether your kids or yourself might be interested in PC gaming, play a PS5, Xbox, the little Forza action, what have you. Check them out, 309arena.com. You can follow them there. They're also on the social media. Check them out on Instagram. Check out what they're all about and a really nice little place. If you're looking for a little corporate uh, holiday party, small intimate gathering with some people, or you need to do a whole big uh, blowout with like some tournaments. Oh, yeah. they, got the, they got it all. Check it out. Yeah. CLOMorton.com or 309arena.com. They're both cool. All right. This show is also sponsored by our Patreon subscribers. Patreon folks got almost an hour and 20 minutes of catch-up time between Daryl and I before this episode tonight. We talked. We talked about everything, and we didn't really talk – Arts, arts and humanities this time. I don't think the the brown card was brought out from Trivial Pursuit, was it, Daryl? Uh, just maybe twice. Yeah, just twice. Uh, we did talk a lot about uh, EV vehicles and uh, kind of the future of hydrogen, along with you know kind of some bad driving at a parade in uh, Wisconsin, and uh, then we talked about my road trip and. I, I I hate to to hold this back from you because you're not a Patreon subscriber, but we did talk about an early podcast idea that Daryl and I had oh, a boy. long time ago. So if if you tune in uh, to the Patreon feed, I think you're going to love what you heard there tonight. So thanks again, folks. Absolutely. Also, like to say a quick shout out to the dude from Kokomo, uh, Keith. We truly appreciate your patience. We promised to get some stuff in the mail to you. It seems like in 2018. I don't know when that was. It was forever ago. We finally dropped it in them. It wasn't that long, was no, it? No, 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 no. And actually, he's been a longtime supporter, so we do appreciate it. Thank you. Yep, yep. The dude, the dude abides. Should arrive. Sure. And if you see something else in the mail, you know, just consider that a little extra, a little something for yeah. yourself. Yeah. A little something for yourself. Something. All right. So in the feedback portion, normally what I do is I, yeah. I go through and I look up the iTunes reviews. I go to the Facebook page. I look to see if there's any comments. And I got to tell you, is this thing even on? I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on. I, you know, as a matter of fact, I had three people walk up to me. Hey, you looking for people to read comments? They heard the show, and yeah. they haven't given us iTunes review. Now this leads back to is everybody listening on iTunes? But I tell you, Daryl, everybody is listening on iTunes. Unless you tell me otherwise, iTunes is the place you're going to get your podcast from. It's it's just the happening. It's place. ubiquitous. They, Kids they, love it. Yeah, but anyway, it is what it is. Generally. Uh, she did give me a little feedback. She said she would write me a review, but she didn't. And you know who you are, Jen. So you just you know you can live with that. <laughs> I called <laughs> I her. I called her out last time, and it was about four people who said, uh, "Yeah, Jen heard that message last time." And then she called me and said, "Well, if I wrote a review, it'd be like this." I'm like, "It means nothing unless you get your fingers out and you type it somewhere." So. Next time she does that, though, just just copy and paste it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, come up with a fake. As a matter of fact, she's trying to start a podcast, and she asked for my assistance. Really? And I think. My fee will be a review. I was going to say, uh, como se dice quid pro quo? <laughs> I think we can make that work. Anyway. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Also, make sure uh, you know you share it all over the place. I got We got lots of comments about the uh, love story. Uh, my buddy uh, Phil, who I mentioned before, uh, he, he that struck a nerve with him. The movie Love Story. And for folks who didn't join us in the previous episode, Eric had a lovely little flashback to the <laughs> my, days of yesteryear. My youth. Those thrilling days where he was forced to listen to a lot of the soundtrack to the movie Love Story with Alan McGraw. If we pause for a moment, you might hear it. There it is. There it is. So um, we referenced that in the last episode. But Phil says he also was subjected to watching that Ryan O'Neill, Ali McGraw film as well. Yeah. Yeah. Does he remember the MG? 
Ooh, talk about you know, the we didn't talk about that. We might have talked about her eyebrows, though. I don't know. I, <laughs> they got a double billing on the on the marquee in the movies. All right, Daryl, let's hop right into the show here. Race. Oh, hang on. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Race Daily Kill. All right, we got some feedback from Andrew last week, and uh, actually, it was actually the last episode. He had a great idea. Yeah, what's that? We should have a battle of the early 2000s import sedans. So nice. He, and he gave me these cars. Folks, we take heed. When a listener gives us advice, we actually run with it. So here's what I have for us tonight, Daryl. Okay. The year, it's it's not, he, I think he wanted 2005. Sorry, I, I didn't do everything he wanted, Andrew. It's just, it is what it is. Artistic leeway. Yeah, funny. exactly. 2001, to, to me, was the year you could get the IS300 in yellow. Ooh, I remember when you that You get the came car in out. silver, you get a black, you know, whatever. Yeah, but you could get an IS300 in yellow. So we have a 2001 IS300 versus a 2001 BMW 325i versus a 2001 Impreza WRX, Daryl. That's a nice lineup. It is a nice lineup. It's cross these are, section. These are all little four-door cars. Mm-hmm. They're all imports. And they all were pretty fresh to the market. I'll say the BMW is probably the longest standing of these three. Um, but these other two upstarts, the Japanese cars, came in. So we got the 2JZ motor, a 3-liter, mm-hmm. inline-six in, in the little Lexus. It's a two-wheel drive car. Uh, there's an inline-six in that BMW with a 2.5-liter. And then the supercharged four-cylinder in the WRX gave that guy the most horsepower of the bunch, 227 versus 189 and 215 in the uh, the IS. And then the torque, pretty pretty common in all these three. I didn't get... The uh, the weight in all the cars, but their zero to sixty time is pretty much in the seven seconds. But that WRX actually lags almost nine seconds. So, Daryl, I propose to you tonight: should you have gone back to the year two thousand one and you had to race one of these cars, and you had to daily one of these cars, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. had to maybe, I mean, if you had to, maybe not kill it, but maybe just not purchase it. You're not going to restore it because it's a 2001. And what are you going to restore in 2001? Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get it, you. But the gist is race daily kill. I, so the premise, all three of these, this actually it was a tough choice, and I thought about it for about three-tenths of a second. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and put aside any belief bias that I have towards the WRX and how it likes to grenade transfer cases and transmissions. <laughs> I'm going to just put that aside. Objectively, looking at all these vehicles, I'm going to say that Lexus IS300 is a beautiful-looking car, especially in that yellow. Most of them growing up, I always saw them as, as like silver, that graphite kind of color, or black. I never – I think I saw a yellow one once. It was like on the tollway. It was going like 200 miles an hour. It was crazy. But I like the looks of that car. I also like the Beamer, a, a classic three series, inline six, rear-wheel drive, perfect balance of power. The WRX is exotic. It's all-wheel drive. It's got a little turbo. It's got the round headlights, that early Yeah, it was, it was a little bulbous. I mean, that car was like the first sculpted uh, Subaru, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like what a Dodge Neon should have been. Yeah. <laughs> so, But it was kind of that cutesy. I remember at the time, my girlfriend, now my wife, Sarah, was like, oh, those are cute little cars. It's like, it looks happy. And I'm like, eh, it doesn't sound happy. It sounds mad. Because they did. They all had they Ang- nice anger issues, huh? Boxers, you know, with a turbo on them. Having said that, and looking at all the data objectively, I have to say my preference would be to race the Lexus IS because I think, you know, 2JZ. Because 2JZ. Yeah, because that's good. That's <laughs> good. You're going to beat that car within, you know, an inch of its life every time you take it out on the track, have a blast with it, and it'll start the next day, no problem. Okay. I'm going to say daily the Beamer. It's German. It's got great road manners. Power is respectable, but without being crazy, it's not high strung. You can probably run this thing for 300K as long as you maintain it. 
and I think it'd be fun to drive. So that would be my choice for the Beamer, uh, but daily that one. I'm going to have to say kill the WRX, and for two main wow, reasons. Wow. One, I, I, I did not see that coming. I've seen a couple of these things launch firsthand. <clears throat> Had some sticky tires back in about circa 2001, um, and when they <laughs> they either go, they grip and go, or they shudder, shake. And break. Stop. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of shake and break, baby. Shake and break. It's not shake good. Shake and break. It's not good. So uh, also they're tiny, and I'm a big guy. So They are. They're very small. They're cool cars. I well, like that IS-300 is a lot smaller, too, than you think it is when you see them in real life. Yeah. I uh, That wagon, I saw at Cars and Coffee like yeah. a year or so ago. Yeah. And I really – I dig those cars. But, yeah, now that I'm old and fat – It'd be a tight squeeze, but that's that, that's my choice. Right. I'm curious to see where you line okay, up. Okay, so um, I mean, when it comes down to racing, I, I've always wanted to race an all-wheel drive car, and so the WRX to me wins the racing cap. I'm, I'm not going to daily the Subaru. I'm not going to kill the Subaru. Okay. I think that the Subaru to me is the race car. Now, granted, Daryl, when you own a race car, you have to accept that there's some challenge, and you have to be careful. You know, if you have the right tires on there and you're not stupid, it's not going to blow everything up. But I but eventually, after two or three seasons, I'll probably blow everything up. <laughs> All right. But I'm going to daily the Lexus because I tell you what, that uh, that IS300, you could get with a manual transmission. Yeah. And in the yellow, it looks cool. I don't think that's the fastest car. It's rear-wheel drive only. There was no all-wheel drive option. I think it looks good. I think it sounds good. I think at the stoplight, I'm loving that car. And I think I'm 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 thinking that's a great daily. Plus, in my garage, I could get the mower around it. I can get all kinds of other stuff because it's super small. There's plenty of space in my garage for this car. And Daryl, I'm I I will say that the, that the 325i is possibly the best looking car of the three. I think that the design lines and and this car was ahead of its time. I think that it, it sat for another ten years with these body lines and looked great. Yeah, but yeah. it's a German car. And if I have to choose between two <laughs> Japanese cars and a German car, I'm always killing the German car because I've owned three German cars in my life, Daryl. And if there's one thing I've learned in my life, I'll never own another German yeah, car. As much as I that. fawn over Volkswagens and Mercedes, <laughs> I'll never own one because I cannot stomach the bills that come with them. So anyway, that's where I'm at. I hate to do it, but sorry, 325i. You shall go to the restoration heap. That's sad. Said, but I respect your decision. No, thank you, thank you. It was, you know, what's great about that is that you and I finally had differing opinions. Yeah, we were on a roll for a bit where we were kind of yeah. doing the same I thing. I think you were influencing me because I was letting you go first. I was like, oh, he's kind of right. I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> I don't, I'm never right. <laughs> I'm never right. So let me note your decisions here so we can update the Hall of Fame. Oh yes, thank you. And, uh, that's right. Daryl's yeah. keeping track for posterity. That's right. All right, so the next section of the show is the projects where Daryl and I talk about things we have going on in the garage. And uh, I've been gone, so I, I don't want to kill the show with everything I've had going on, but uh, I'll tell a couple things i got going here. Uh, when my daughter last summer decided to turn the truck with a trailer on it, but the tailgate was down and she destroyed the, the tailgate, I, I was going to go on a little quest to find a new tailgate. But you know what I did, Daryl? I found a new tailgate handle. I just took a hammer and I just beat the living crap out of the tailgate <laughs> on my truck. Listen, turkeys have clawed the hood of the truck. The paint now is starting to kind of fade on the side. It's a 2007 Tundra. It's a nice truck for its day. Work truck. It's a, but it's it's a farm truck is yeah. what it is at this yeah. point. So I took a mallet and just whacked it and kind of bent it back in place. And I uh, got the uh, handle. And uh, so that project's going on. That that was easy enough. And Good then, enough, uh, yeah. 
And then Daryl witnessed my septic overflowed here in the last two weeks while I was gone out of town. So that chewed up some time over the last couple of days. That's fun. That's one of those joys of living in the country? I lived for 12 years at my first house on the country, never drained a septic. Yeah. I didn't think it was a thing. We've been here eight years, never done anything with septic, and all of a sudden, I got toilet paper coming up in a drain. I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? And I yelled at my kid. I'm like, who's taking a crap in yeah. his basement? You know, right. I assume one of his kids. But then I talked to uh, Burling, and uh, they're like, uh, no, you should have that drained out every three to five years. I'm like, Really? I was totally spoiled at my old house. Apparently, my yeah. old house was uh, pretty easy. So, I wonder if it has to do how big the field is and all that. Like, there's, I, I don't understand how many people how in the household. Works. Yeah, I mean, we're not home. You think about how often we're actually here. Yeah, you know. So I don't know, but my son takes big poops. That's all I know. Anyway. It could be. It could be it. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, and then the final thing. So, my son called me. Golly, it was probably the two days before I took off to go to. Uh, to meet up on my uh, my off road trip, uh, he said, "Hey, Dad, my truck <laughs> something happened in the driveway." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's well, the steering wheel just went one way, and now both my wheels are pointing different directions. I'm like, oh, great. Uh oh. I've been in this. I've I've had this situation when you're on the trail. I'm like, oh. Well, I said, take a picture. He sends me a picture, and the two front wheels are pigeon toed towards each other. That's weird. Was he uh, backing up? Or no, he's just coming down the driveway. Of course, he drives down my driveway like an animal, and you know my driveway. <laughs> it's the same one that scares Gabe Casey because it is dangerous. You know, potholes. Did, did you and see any deers? Did you see any deer? Not tonight. Okay. Last time I was here, I I got startled <laughs> by a doe. Dude, I was coming down my driveway this week, and uh, I, I literally a deer ran out in front of me and then charged down the driveway. Mm. I'm like, oh god! And literally, he missed a car like going down Allentown by like 20 feet. I'm just like, ah, <laughs> I don't I don't want that on my conscience to watch a deer get bloodied. Anyway, yeah, especially uh, like not even out of your driveway. So ultimately, what we found out was the inner tie rod was so rusty that the threads had be just like stripped off. It probably been vibrating. Listen, when you're driving a nineteen ninety eight forerunner and it's lifted, oh God. You're probably not gonna notice any of that. No. And yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> we got a visitor on the show. Yeah, these mics aren't picking it up, but uh yeah. yeah. Little my, little kitty cat surprise visitor. My cat. Now she's rearranging your floor <laughs> tiles. <laughs> Carpet tiles. <laughs> She's fun. This is actually the yeah. most fun I've had down here. Oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate uh-huh. that. Anyway, it doesn't uh, cost me anything. No. Yeah. So we got it in the shop and uh, we're replacing both the tie rods on it. That's fine. Inner and outers on both sides. You know, but it's an old truck. It's fine. Probably um, I tell you, I, I drove that thing in the past. I mean, the wheel would migrate. You could do like quarter of a steering wheel turns. You know, and, and as you're driving down the road, I'm like ah, it's just the big tires. It's just the lift. But it was but, pretty loose. Oh under God, there. it was probably dangerous. I'm I'm probably lucky he didn't like. Kill himself and his girlfriend, you know. Well, yeah. uh, how many miles are on the truck? Uh, one hundred fifty, not bad. But, yeah, but it's but it's older midwestern truck. And then he got it back, and I think the U joint's going out. So now it's back in the shop again. I'm like, this I is thought I saw it this sitting is, there. This is a classic situation where you let something sit for. I mean, he drives it every day. He drives it to work every day. Drives to school every day. Yeah. As soon as you let something sit for a week, all of a sudden it's like, I'm tired. And Stuff the break, happens. break, break. Right. Was it uh, vibrating? What do you got to – Yeah, yeah. So at 30 miles an hour, you give it a little gas, driveline shutter. You let off the gas, it's gone. Mm. The tires are fine. We check the balance. The uh, lug nuts are tight. Um, so one of the U-joint – the back U-joint, you can see it's like disintegrated on one corner. But when you feel them, there's no play. Mm-hmm. To- Toyota U-joints are pretty durable. I got to be honest with you. The amount of U-joints we change in my store – Yeah. One every six months. It does not happen. Well, is it a th- two-piece drive shaft? Yes. Okay. No, uh, no, no. His is two-wheel drive, so it's one piece tran- from the transmission cone down to the rear. No, 
Does it got a carrier that center I don't, I don't, bearing? No, I don't think it has. Tacomas have a center carrier bearing. Okay. I don't think his does. So I've seen those where the rubber gets all yes. chewed up. Yeah, and, and so the yeah. the you know the Twitter guide on those is if you can like move it around and see the light through the rubber, you know it's got too much play. Okay. That, that's Toyota's guideline on those. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> well, I hope he gets it squared away because uh, what's he what's he driving now? Uh, he's been driving Angel's Prius, and uh, she's not happy about that because she drove. <laughs> She drove uh, uh, one of our uh, – the Tundra has been, like, making some rounds lately. And the Tundra, with gas as high as it is, is oh, yeah. not, not a vehicle you want. And you know this. Tell me. I've, I've had mine parked for a couple weeks now <laughs> <laughs> for that very reason. Uh, it isn't leaving try, the garage. Try driving to Lincoln every day. Oh, she's ready to murder. Yeah. It, so, so then Tree Hugger 1 came home because I, I was swapping cars around. I'm like, I'll just take Tree Hugger 1. Well – that truck gets worse fuel economy, I think, than the Tundra. You Does know? it? And like, well, if you keep it on 2,000 RPMs. They get like 16. <laughs> yeah, she called me. She goes, I got to do 65 miles an hour to be at 2,000 RPMs. It takes me forever. I'm like, oh, God. We got to get Aiden's truck fixed. Got to get that out of the shop. Yeah. Or just buy another car that's a more fuel-efficient commuter. Yeah, I did put the sign up for sale, too. So that was the other thing on the uh, docket of things I did. So if anybody listening at home needs a stocking stuffer. There you go. You, if you need a race car, I got you covered. Now... Daryl, I alluded to it in the description of the host, but it sounds like you were doing some dumpster diving this weekend. Yeah, um, only I wasn't eating. What did you say? Like minty pickle sauce? Like what? I don't even know what you put in there. It was gross uh, because I just envisioned fast food nightmares, and I have not eaten fast food out of a dumpster, but I've thought about it. Uh, Yeah, I've thought about it, considered very, very seriously. But instead, no, I took a little junkyard adventure uh, with my buddy Brent, and uh, we went to a, a. Undisclosed location. Oh, I was just going to ask. Can you not share the location? Um, it's public, but I, I probably won't share it. Um, no, it's a place called Memory Lane, and it's out near Bushnell. And uh, it's a cool little place. Did not take all of the entire hundreds of acres of stuff out. I didn't take it all in mentally. I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. I just I just kept walking and seeing Hun- it all. Hundreds of acres? Yeah, it's huge. It's like the 100-acre woods, but with cars. So. Is there any, any uh, JDM? No, no, it's mostly like, that would have been weird if there was, but just in case, you know. There wasn't uh there's like actually there, uh, a couple, but like late model stuff that really meh, you know, okay. not cool. Um there was a, a couple 40s, lots of 40s, 50s stuff, 60s, 70s. Uh mostly mostly trucks. Okay. Um, so we we walked around all day. Definitely I need to bring a wagon or something next time because it's just <laughs> we wound up taking you ever been to a, one of those all you can carry specials yeah. at a junkyard? And they started doing things like outlawing wheelbarrows and you can't make a cart out of stuff. But that's what we did. We actually took a tailgate and loaded it full of parts and used it like a stretcher. Nice. And then just piled a bunch of stuff on there. So <laughs> it was cool. It was fun. Had a great time with my buddy there and then uh, got plenty of steps in and then some. And only twisted my ankle once, slipping and falling on some some stuff that was buried under the ground. So um, it was nice to, nice to get. I got some novelty stuff for the Volvo and uh, a couple of the things I might either um, keep for myself, put on a wall, use as wall hanging art. Yeah. Uh, but it was so funny because the guy had a, uh, a Volvo there in the woods, and he's like, "I haven't sold anything off that car. I've had it forever, and nobody ever buys anything." And I had some stuff, and he's like, "Well, at least I'm making some money on it." Yeah. yeah. But it's funny because on the West Coast or East Coast, that car would have been picked clean 30 years ago. Sure. Okay. But here, there's just no demand, and that's that's what's kind of fun about those those little excursions. If you're ever in any part of the country, and some car buddy of yours is like, "Hey, we got to go check out this junkyard. This dude in the woods has got stuff," and he's 
go to those places that are a little – I don't want to say scary, but the, for people like me, it can be intimidating if you don't have somebody who's got an in or you don't have somebody who – I can see that. Kind of navigate Sometimes that. you feel like there's like a boys club. If you don't, if you don't know the, the, the lay of the land – A little bit. You feel a little awkward. Now, I mean sometimes your best adventures – and I've done this before four-wheeling – is just to throw yourself out there at the mercy of the new, the new club. And, and meet new people, and next thing you know, you feel like I just cracked the code, right? Yeah, because everyone else isn't doing that. Yeah. Everyone else is like, "Oh, that'd be fun. I'd like to do that someday." And then they go back to like you know whatever they do in an office building all day, yeah. And, yeah. and that's cool. You got to pay the bills somehow. But when you're if that's your hobby, that's what you want to do. Go take advantage of that stuff. Take the road less traveled. All those euphemisms you want to use. I, I think it's worth doing once in a while. Um, I took some couple pictures, not enough pictures, but I took a few pictures. They actually have um, a car that I can definitely use parts off of. I'm going to try to go back there. I, I took a mental inventory. I'm like, oh, I'll come back. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that actually scares me about places like that, though, it's animals. It's animals. There's... Oh, you open a hood and a, 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 like a raccoon hops <laughs> right. out? Yeah, right. Or a snake or uh... – <laughs> You know, <laughs> bobcat scalps you or you something. Need, yeah, you need some uh, like a bear spray, right? Or like a fifty cal or something. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, um, that's what I did. Had a great time. Uh, all my stuff is tucked away for the winter, and I'm looking at um, some. I'm, I'm, I'm moving offices uh, for work, and I actually got. I'm going to be parking at a parking deck downtown. Mm-hmm. Finally, working downtown, which is kind of a whole weird thing for me because I never ever thought I'd work in an office building downtown and a parking deck. But I'm like, do I really want to be driving the tundra? This giant ass truck and trying to park it, and you know, every parking deck is a nightmare. Yeah, the yeah. only accident, quote unquote, that I've really like just myself wrecked something. It was pulling around a corner in a parking deck, yeah. and I scraped a piece of concrete. And I sure. scuffed the bumper of my Cobra, and I never forgave myself. Big yellow stripe stripe down it. It would not buff out. I don't want to do that with my Tundra, uh, and I like my other stuff too. But I'm thinking I need to sell the wife on, on buying like a commuter, like a Prius. Oh like my Prius God, v. that's just what you need. You need another car. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I agree. As a matter of fact, I do have all the interior components to a Scion TC. Do you? You could make it just as civilized as you need to. I like that line of thinking. Yeah. Uh, if only it had a turbo with the methanol well, injection kit. Yeah, it does it. have that should you need does it. Does it? Yeah, you could get away from anybody in the in the parking garage. Should you wow. feel like you're presented with danger, yeah. I think that's fantastic. And is there maybe some sort of safety cage tubing inside so I could hypothetically yeah. – I can set it up to whatever your demands are. Okay. I, I have okay. different varying levels of support for that. Let me see what I can dig up at home. And I'm going to tell you this. My fr- my price is fluid. It is? Oh, yeah. How fluid is it? Oh, it's very fluid. Like water? <laughs> it's like 016. It's like zero, zero 016. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll talk uh, after the show. But right. uh, No, I don't know. That's what, I'm, I'm not, really, not really digging driving into a parking garage every day for work, but um, I'll, I'll make it work somehow. Maybe yeah. I'll drive the Volvo every day. Who cares? So um, they're opening the new building downtown. Is yeah. that is that where you're going to be? Yeah, that'll be coming up here in uh, about a month. So. Okay, so that I mean that was big doings. OSF's been working on that for. I mean, not that we're going to give away where we work, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so that yeah, that was like a big deal. And it's kind of awesome. I mean, how many people are going to be employed downtown? That building? Hundreds, hundreds, and um, I don't have the exact numbers off my head. Yeah, but, uh, but that's great. I mean, I, I do like to see that. Don't don't get me wrong. Except for the fact now, if I go to Sugar. Something for lunch, it'll probably be. You know, well, there'll be people. We were just actually talking about that the other day. Some <laughs> friends are like, "Oh, we can meet up at Sugar downtown and have." Li-. And I, that's what I need. I need re- ready, ready access to uh, wood fired pizza <laughs> on a daily basis. 
that's the nice thing about working downtown. There's little carts. There's places to eat as opposed to now where you got to get in a car and, and go to a strip you know, mall. I've never had a Zion coffee, so you have to let me know how that goes. Incredible. Really? Incredible. I always Definitely. feel like that's one of those places, just like the junkyard, that I have to know the inside. Like maybe Because I, <laughs> right. I hate to walk in solo to a place like that and look like a, a boob. So I started doing – and I started doing things like – I'll order the you know Sumatran blah 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 pour over with oat milk, and I got to be honest, I had to prep myself so much to do that stupid stuff, and I just now I'm just like I'll take a large drip coffee whatever you yeah. got up. I don't even care. Yeah, I'm not one of those people. I can order a lavender latte or whatever they, you know whatever they got up. I don't care, but I I just stop I I stop working myself up and I just get a coffee. Because there's people that no americano, you know, and you good. can get you can get some different, you know, I'll I'll get the uh, Ecuadorian or I'll get the, this or that. That's fine. Americano, you get a lot of flavor out of it. But I I will be honest with you, to get an espresso shot in mm-hmm. a real coffee shop, it's fresh ground. There's something about it. There is, yeah. So if you want to jolt to your bloodstream, just <laughs> yeah. just do that and just get a little cup, sit there at the side. Because at Cars and Coffee, when it used to be downtown at um, uh, Methodist. Oh yeah, right there at thirty thirty. You could go. Coffee. Yeah, you could, I would get the espresso shot along with uh, you know americano. Yeah, dude, I was juiced. Yeah, you <laughs> shaking all day, <laughs> rest of the day. Did you wear a beret to go with it? No, or? I didn't. No, uh, you no, should have. No scarf. No fiat. Yeah, Zzz, right. little spider. All right, Daryl. So uh, we haven't done this in a while. This week in social media, Twizzle. Yeah, that's a nice little segment. Yeah, yeah. so uh, this week's social media just brings up stuff that might have been hopping around the internet. So you might have saw it on Instagram, you might have saw it on Facebook. Who knows where you saw it? Definitely not LinkedIn because nobody hangs out on LinkedIn during the week because <laughs> that's a work site, right? That's right. Yeah. right. Unless you're looking for jobs. Um, no, but I saw – have you seen this meme? It's, no, I haven't, but I like it. Okay. So it's it's a meme that has been making all the rounds everywhere and it's it's basically a picture uh, of a garage with five stalls and it says, your dream car garage must contain the following. First stall says daily driver. Second, sports car or tuner. Third is muscle car. Fourth is exotic car. And then the last one is a truck or SUV. And it's been fun to see you know, some of the friends that share it, repost it. Mm-hmm. You know? Of course, if yeah. you're in a car, one car group and you've got car friends, you've seen this meme a bazillion times. Yeah. I'm going to be so lame because I'm like all Toyota, right? No, 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 not at all. But I'm just curious what your picks are because I saw that in like the first couple of days. I'm like, that's lame. I'm not even going to participate. And then I'm like, oh, I we'll share this meme on the uh, yeah. on the Facebook page. So I, I want to hear everybody else's. We'll talk about this on the next show. But uh, okay, so the first garage was Daily Driver. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so I jumped right. I'm like, oh, my Daily Driver is going to be the new 2022 GR Corolla. Uh, but that's not really fair because that car is not even out yet, and I don't even know if they have pricing for it. It should so, be soon, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's coming soon. But I, it, so that was really uh, that was kind of a cheesy answer for me. But I'll be honest with you, Daryl, my yeah. daily, daily driver. As much as I've been spoiled uh, working at Ford's Toyota, uh, the Forerunner. I tell you what, my my favorite. Okay. I, I love Tree Hugger. Yeah, one point and I just drove th- th- four or five thousand miles in Tree Hugger three point seat time. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what, for a daily driver, I can't beat a fifth gen Forerunner. So that's gonna be my daily driver. You know what you like, and and that, there's nothing wrong with that. How about and, you? What do you? Oh, now this one shocks me. Darryl, it's it, for a daily driver. You're on. Did you win a? Did you win the lottery? I did. I did. I actually. Uh, I'm independently wealthy in my mind. So I picked a 2020 BMW M8. Ooh. Uh, I like the. I like the. I like the six series pre- predecessor. I like the uh, the V10, the big coupe. Uh, I, I like. I like stuff that's got leather. 
great handling, road manners, and is big and powerful and will just smoke anything on a drop of a hat. I like the M8. I don't know what that thing stickers for, but it's – let's just say my tax return is not going to cover it. So I'll have to take out a five, <laughs> I can only imagine thousand year I mean loan. as the numbers get higher with BMW, you have to imagine that usually if it's an 8, that means 80,000, right? I think so. It's funny too when you look at BMW sales, like on uh, you know social media ads will pop up, like you know the new BMW X whatever, yeah. and it's like only one twenty eight nine. What a deal! Only, honey. honey, they're on sale. Oh, look at it's the Christmas to remember event. <laughs> All right, so the next category: sports car tuner cars. Eric, what's your pick? Okay, so I mean. A sports car tuner car. I've actually owned a couple, and I have that Scion right now. But uh, I'm going to tell you, Daryl, if I had to like make a car that was my tuner car, my play car, I'd grab an old Miata. I'd grab like a 92 Miata and just rip that sucker down. It'd be loud. It'd be quick. Yeah. It'd be fun. And you know what? It's got that little drop top you take by the hand and sweep down behind you. <laughs> Unlike my Celica where I hit a button and go, <laughs> this thing is just it, it's just a fun little car. And I don't have to have some European import. You know, this is just a, a Miata, but they're fun. I like that. I think that's a perfect pick. And they're actually they're still reasonable, old or new. Even now, they're more unreasonable than they were. Dude, five years ago, those cars were nothing. That's true. Yeah, that's true. First gens have gone up. They've rocketed up a little bit. So, but it's good to see. Um, so, sports car tuner car. Mine's weird because. I'm stuck in. This is weird. I'm getting a whole different. This this challenge brought out a whole new side of Daryl Scott. It did. I'm just thinking of what goes into the garage stalls that would be kind of like, ooh, interesting, fun. For a sports car tuner car, I picked a Z32, uh, which is that. Um, I guess it'd be a third gen. Don't quote me on yeah, this. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's right. Nissan 300ZX Twin Turbo. Those are the what I call the the, the chunky boys. Those are the ones that are <laughs> the kind of the real short roof line and wide body cars. And they came out, I think, in 89 or 90. And they were just – I've always liked the Datsun Zs when they came out. I like the 280s. I like the you know evolution of those through the years. When that thing came out, I think I was in junior high, and I thought that was just – from another world. Sure. It's also the same era, you know, the the, the Mark IV Supra. Uh, is yeah. that right? No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mark IV Supra, the RX-7 that came out around that same time. The, there was some cool sports cars coming out of Japan, but for some reason that Fairlady Z just stuck in my head, and I would love to have one of those uh, as, a, as a fun tuner car. This guy in Peoria has got one. It's got – I've never seen it out of his garage but it's in the garage. It's sitting next to a 240, and both have worked onto them, and I know they're pretty – screaming cars because the intercooler on that 300ZX sits down so low and it's so fat. I'm like, there's no way that car is stock. I want to see that thing out. But anyways, awesome. that's my pick. All right. The next garage slot is the muscle car. Now, muscle cars are not my, my vein. So, I mean, yeah. Daryl, this was difficult. This was probably the hardest one for me. So here's what I did. Okay. I, I pulled up a car. I mean, if money's no object, I'm going to buy an AMG Mercedes, right? I, mean, I already said I wouldn't own a, another German car, but the 2016 Mercedes-AMG GT this car is long and sexy and fat and wide. I don't know squat about it. It looks cool. I think, <laughs> I think I'd have so many friends at Cars and Coffee, Daryl. I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. I'd be like talking to people like, oh, yeah, it's AMG. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've always been a Mercedes guy. I would have so many people. I'd be like a dog shaking off fleas when I own that car. So that's my muscle car, Daryl. I'd look pretty good in it. You just got one of those cars you can say like, yeah, I got 12 grand in the exhaust. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> what 
of those guys. Yeah. Ceramic coat. It's a, I mean, a muscle car. It's a Benz. I mean, uh, German muscle. I mean, that that's that's aggressive and pricey. It is. It is. And I like your style. That's awesome. I actually went. I I kind of turned the clock back a little bit. I like muscle cars. I like Chevelles, Camaros. You know, I like that whole gambit. But I think that's that's kind of played out. So I would actually pick up a an OG muscle car. And some people claim, of course, it was like the GTO started the muscle car craze. But if you actually go back a little further, and there's documentation here, the Chrysler 300, when that thing came out in 1955, that was really the first muscle car where you really start putting some serious power in a regular regular sedan. So uh, if you look at what happened with that evolution of the 300 series cars, by 1960, they were putting a 413 with dual quads, a cross ram intake on there. Which, if you ever look up a, a cross ram 413, they look. I have not, but uh, it's, it's a, it, it sounds borderline pornographic. It it does. <laughs> it's it's one of the most interesting engineering marvels. Uh, the long Ooh. tube, the long runners on there. They actually have the the carburetors almost touch like the the sides of the fenders, and it's such a big deal because the the way that the what is it? The intake charge, air fuel mixture would actually. I see be- where this game is going. This is just an, this is an excuse for Daryl to bust out his no, Hemmings knowledge. No. Daryl has totally found five ways to geek out during the show on old cars. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> basically, it's 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 like free supercharging because of the the long runners. It super cools, vibrations, blah 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 blah. Anyways, a Chrysler 300F, 1960. We call it the Banker's Hot Rod. That would be my muscle car choice. Yay! All right. Thank so. you. Yeah. I want you, Jay Leno. Welcome back to Jay Leno's yeah. Garage. Anyway. Uh, actually, I think Jay's got like three of those. <laughs> All right. The last garage is the exotic car. Daryl, I mean, yeah. at this point, because, you know, my whole repertoire of vehicles comes down to JDM imports over the last 30 years. Everything's exotic, right, if you get back that far. But I wasn't going to be – that pedantic. I was not going to be predictable. You would know I would, I would choose a Toyota. So here's what I chose, Daryl. I chose whatever would be cool and sexy in the 1950s in Italian okay. so that the barefoot Contessa could dance into my car. <laughs> Miss Eva Gardner could hang out with me and whatever it is. I don't care what it is. I'll, I'll just go to uh, you know Autobella. I'll find a car, and me and Eva are going to ride off in the sunset, and that will be my exotic car. Nobody will even know. I'll go to a car show. People are like, what is that thing? I won't even. I won't be able to answer. I'll be like, yeah, you know, I have no idea what this is. Uh, my broker sent it to me. Exactly. That's I gave what, him twenty million lira, and yeah. he just yeah. If I get an exotic car, it's probably Italian. That's all I'm gonna tell you. And, I'm, and it's gonna be something kind of weird and obscure from the '40s and '50s. It's still gonna look amazing. I think. I think. Yeah. You've had some picks in the past uh, for cars of the yeah. week that actually turned out really well, and they're nice '50s, '60s Italian sportsters. Yeah. I think you'd look pretty good. Yeah, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even going to be completely descriptive. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go down the hole, the rabbit hole, like you might, Daryl, on your next choice. I don't have a rabbit hole here. I just would pick a '68 Lamborghini 400 GT. Hmm. Strangely specific. I mean, it's just ballpark. Uh, but that <laughs> that would be. I forget the guy's name. Is like. Emilio Lamborghini, or whatever, Ferruccio, Ferruccio, or something like that. Anyways, that was their first road car. Um, so I like the Mura. I like seventies Lamborghinis. Yeah, and I need so a sixties Lamborghini is. I mean, are we still talking some similar designs to what happened in the seventies, or are they completely? This was a little different. This one actually looks more like a traditional, like a Maserati or oh, cool. a, a, like an ISO Griffo or something. It, it, it has some nice lines to it. Then I think the Mura is the beginning of where they started getting absolutely 
insane okay. with the with the design and the the scale. And we have a guy here locally that's got a Countach, a Countach or whatever. Countach. Countach. And I think it's like a late 80s, early 90s, like the very last run of them. And it's a beautiful car. But I saw that pull into a Cars and Coffee and I stood next to that. And actually, it was one of the first times I actually got to stand and see one of those in person. Mm -hmm. The proportions of that are just jacked up. It's such a weird, long, wide, but short car. It comes up to like your knees. And that's usually the thing. Those cars are so low slung. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's neat, but I watched the guy back up, yeah. and there's so little visibility out of those cars. He actually opened the Lambo door and looked out because the back window is – it's comically small. It's about the size of a Kit Kat bar. Well, and then you're dealing with so much money, you can't afford to second guess <laughs> like, oh – you know, there's no backup right. camera for one, so you're like, oh, I think I'm close. Yeah, no. You imagine it, pulling one of those in and like yeah. scraping an air dam, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. everybody's taking pictures. Yeah, like, right. Oh, look at this dude. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. Anyways, that would be my pick. Nice choice. Yeah, nice thank choice. you. Well, you as well. Thank you. Uh, and so for the final selection, uh, we're going to go with a truck or SUV. Well, Daryl, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go right back to my daily driver. Um, if, if there's not a forerunner in my garage for the rest of my life, I'll be shocked. So my, my, uh, truck or SUV will always be a forerunner. I do own a Tundra. I do have a Tacoma as well. And they're great vehicles, but, uh, the forerunner is the, uh, the full package as that's far as I'm concerned. So I'm, I'm good. A fifth gen specifically. Yeah. I, I think that's a wonderful choice. Are they going to keep making that forever? You think? The next gen will probably have that turbo six and, uh, yeah, I I don't foresee them getting rid of that. I think well, the thing is, it's just like the, the new Land Cruiser. The new Land Cruiser is now only available as a Lexus model. I would I would hate to think that someday they'll they'll deprive the Toyota dealers. You know, and, and I don't yeah. think it's going to happen anytime soon, but you know, 5 or 6 years down the road when the next generation comes out and as we get closer to 2030, and now we're starting to really isolate those gas pigs. Right. You know, who knows what's to say at that point, right? Yeah, it just cost you more. But you'll have one. You'll have one. <laughs> uh, my pick for it's for a truck, I'm going to go ahead and keep my Tundra because I like that. And I've uh, been using that more and more. So predictable. It's pretty predictable. Uh, and I just – the new trucks that are out there, there's not much out that uh, that does anything differently or better than that. I no, don't know. I agree. No, I, I, you have a great truck. And the other day when you stopped by the dealership – and uh, you open up the back, which I got to be honest with you, you know, you, you pull open your uh, your lid and I see the rubber mat back there and you have everything nicely set there. I'm like, God, <laughs> damn, he keeps his stuff nice. I try. I want to get it. Um, <laughs> I want to get that bed liner, the spray in bed yeah. liner because then I can actually use I, I'm going to start putting drywall and, and do all the normal truck stuff that I'm going to start. Cringing. Yeah, right. Right. No, oh, I'm good. Yeah, right. That's why I bought it. And it's at that age now. It's five model years. And now oh, yeah. Now it, you can go nuts. I'm kind of like. Okay. Let the I got, turkeys roost on it like I do yeah, mine. Yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah, <laughs> I got some trees that scraped it the other day, and I, I, normally I would have a mental freak out, yeah. and now I'm just like, eh, it'll buff out. I don't yeah. care. So, all right, that's enough about the uh, social media, and now we move on to the news. Starting off with national news, Daryl. This came from Newsweek, but it was byline of Consumer Reports. It was a survey that found that electric SUVs are among the least reliable vehicles. Pushing companies like Tesla to the bottom of the reliability list, Daryl. Can you believe it? Hmm. They recently conducted an annual survey of auto reliability. And according to the Associated Press, subscribers of the magazine and the website participated representing over 300,000 car owners. And they found that electric SUVs like the Model X, the Y, and the Audi e-tron and the Volkswagen ID4, which just shocked me actually, VW 
even makes the list. I, I don't even know if they're in the United States, right? They singled them out as being unreliable, though not because of their electric power source. The newest electric vehicles are more prone to glitches in their electronics like climate controls. And I tried to dig deeper. I wanted to know exactly which vehicles uh, rated poorly. But that's behind the paywall, Daryl. And uh-huh. I was not doing the, the Consumer Reports <laughs> paywall. So that is what it is. Interesting. Interesting. So it's not the actual EV portion. It's all the other ancillary garbage. Well, and I think that's pretty much with all new cars. I mean, the, uh, yeah. yeah, the touch screens, the radio, the uh, – you know, how the Bluetooth connects to their phone, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. Oh, right. my God. Yeah, HVAC stuff. It's always those little things that uh, annoy people. And let's face it, everybody's phone, you've had a couple times where it's frozen up. you got to reboot it or do a hard reset or, or factory default. Or stop on the side of the road and restart the car. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Like, uh, Tree Hugger 1, love the truck to death, but there was a couple times with the new iPhone where it just would, it wouldn't, it, or it would go in double time on the audio. Oh, you have like an echo? Yeah, or it sounded like the chipmunks were playing. I'm like, what is going on? So I literally had to stop the car. Well, you can't put the car in neutral and like turn the key off, which I've done in a stick shift car. But yeah, in old autom- school, yeah. In an automatic, I'm not risking the steering lock kicking in, right? <laughs> yeah. How'd you die? Well, long story. <laughs> Rebooting the radio. Yeah. I was playing some, some talking heads. <laughs> No, I've I've had yourself. Anyway, I've had it's it's terrible because um, it's all those things that are just nagging, annoying things that happen to any electronic device. It doesn't matter what it is. And that's, I mean, you pay fifty thousand dollars for a new car. The last thing you want to do is say my phone won't pair. Right? Yeah, right. That's annoying. Next article, kind of similar vein here, Daryl. Yeah. According to Adapt, which is a a website that's dedicated to new technology. 85% 85% of consumers support the repair shop receiving vehicle data. Familiar with this concept? No, no. This is a new one on me. Okay, so I don't know who the survey is from the Car Coalition, but they revealed there's a strong support for action on federal right to repair legislation, like the bipartisan Save Money on Auto Repair Transportation Smart Act. We'll have to dig into that a little bit deeper. But the survey found that 85% of the voters supported vehicle data being made available to consumers in any repair shop that they choose, and 92% believe that consumers should be able to choose between OEM and aftermarket parts. Repair restrictions in automobiles are driving prices higher at a time when many Americans can least afford it, said Justin Rzepka executive director of the Car Coalition, in a statement, it's time for Congress to get some serious action about solutions, including the SMART Act, to ensure that consumers have options for quality, safe, and affordable auto repairs and more control over their data. Well, I think the right to repair, it kind of is the is that the catch-all phrase where people want to be able to have data unlocked so they yes. don't have to have some sort of factory tools, scanners, things like that? Well, this is what Tesla has been battling. But most most manufacturers that have been around for a while, you know, they, they know they have repair manuals, although I will say they're very lackadaisical anymore about making that stuff available. But if you subscribe to a service like Chilton or something like that, you should have access to the books for what you're looking for, right? Yeah, I think so. I know in the old days it was a lot more common to just go and actually go to the parts counter and say, I want a shop manual for this car that I just bought. Yeah. And those are people that were taking care of their stuff. Nowadays there's fewer and fewer people, but the ones that do take care of their stuff, they're hardcore. Yeah. They're the ones that are like – We traded for a car this last week, an Avalon mm-hmm. 2008, and the uh, car was mint. guy had never brought in the dealership or any dealership in his life. He has a mechanic who does everything for him. 
Car looked great, and really inter- clean. you could you could just tell the car had been taken care of. Yeah. Didn't need anything. Yeah, I mean there there That's are a the lot exception. of people. Yeah, there are a lot of people that are serious about it. Where they, and I hate to say this, but they're like, oh, I don't even trust the dealer. I do all my repairs myself. And ninety percent of the time, you can blow that off. It's somebody either telling you stories or whatever. Then there's those ten percent that are like either. They were a mechanic in their past life or they're just super meticulous about the stuff that they own. These are the people that every year sharpen the blade on the lawnmower, change the oil, you know, religiously on everything they own. And they just – they've got schedules and and a system and it works. Um, Unfortunately though, it's going to be harder and harder to do that as technology and everything else changes. Uh, your kitty cat wants back up on the I table. I, you know, I opened the door thinking she'd leave, <laughs> but she still keeps wandering around, so whatever. She finds her way back. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, no, this is interesting. So 85% of consumers, though, say they really want to be able to have access to all that information. Yeah, I think that's great, actually. And I think it's uh, – I mean, I wonder how the question was presented because I wonder of those 85%, how many actually knew how much data is being transmitted to the manufacturer, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably not that much. They're like, oh, wait, they know this? Surveys also can be loaded. Those questions can yes, be loaded. Yes. Do you feel that you know blah blah blah? They just kind of can lead you into it. Yeah. I don't know. I, what are you going to do with that data? Even some of that stuff that you do unlock that you oh could you could find out you couldn't do anything with it. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. We talk about uh, the breadth of information that comes through some of these cars, and you could never digest it. And first off, and you may have to have proprietary software to even unlock it and read it anyway. So exactly, what are you going to do with it? All right, so. Um, there's no headline here in the local news, but uh, we do have a little bit about Ford and Rivian. But the yeah. big news here two weeks ago was Rivian went live. Now, Rivian is the EV automaker that uh, came out of Louisville and then bought the Diamond Star plant in Bloomington, Illinois, a couple years ago. And they've been secretly working behind closed doors <laughs> with R.J. Scaringe uh, to make a truck and an SUV. The uh, I can't remember the model names. It's like RT1 and RS1 or yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, so nobody really knew what was happening. But, uh, you know, I watched I, – I was talking about this earlier. I watched you and McGregor special last year where they, they came long way up. You know, uh, Char, Charlie and uh, Ewan drive up from South America with their electric Harley-Davidsons and they're in chase by some Rivian trucks. The Rivian trucks are starting, you know, to make some waves. But the big thing is buying that Diamond Star factory in central Illinois took a shuttered plant and started, you know, they, they revamped the thing. They have money from Jeff Bezos. And they had Ford money. And Amazon money. And they're yeah. making making some trucks. And they're also going to make some Amazon delivery vans. So, uh, you know, the question was at the beginning of the show, did you buy any Rivian stock? Well, I I think the the initial public offering was 78, but nobody was ever going to get it at 78. And I think 100 is where it, it launched Onto the um, onto the scene, yeah. One, yeah, it was one twenty something. Okay, and I think it went as high as one fifty. Yeah, it peaked a, a little bit, but then it quickly came down. Yeah, and I think uh, so. That leads into the next headline. You want to take this one? Yeah. Uh, so the headline is out of Detroit. Ford Motor Company and Rivian no longer plan to co-develop an electric vehicle. The companies both confirmed Friday. This is just last Friday, uh, before the weekend. Here, two companies initially announced development of a joint vehicle when the automaker invested five hundred million dollars in Rivian back in twenty nineteen. Ford later said it would be for Ford's luxury division, Lincoln. Uh, yeah. That was before canceling plans last year. We heard about that. Now, Ford says the automakers would still seek other opportunities to collaborate with one another. Well, those plans have now been scrapped, according to Ford spokesman Ian Thibodeau. He says the company retains ties with Rivian, including a 12% stake in the startup, which the company's IPO last week reached a value of more than $10 billion. 
So do you know anybody uh, who has actually bought stock for Rivian? Uh, I know some people who bought it and sold it quickly. Um, you know, I, I, I – Did you consider it? I would I, no, I would not buy any right now. Yeah. I, and I think what it comes down to, the valuation was over uh, Volkswagen when it came down. But And we got into this. So, I mean, we, if you go back to like episode 10 of the show, I remember I, I got rid of Tesla stock at like 500 because I'm like, the valuation's more than this. Right. Uh, and, and, okay, so I think what I learned from that was that, that if there's a, a pioneer or a scion of industry that is basically leading a charge, if we, and we talked about this maybe on the pre-show, we talked actually a lot about EVs on the pre-show, but, you know, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. the, these guys who were public figures in their companies who led the charge. And then what you do is you put faith in that individual. Right. You know, R.J. Scringe, he seems like a nice guy. He's got some kids running around. They were, they were hitting the button at the uh, New York Stock Exchange. But R.J. Scringe is not Elon Musk, and he's not as vocal. He's not, he's not out there in the media eye. And so do I have faith in R.J. that he can lead the company like Elon Musk? I think that even if, even if every Tesla right now exploded into fire, Elon Musk could still figure out a way to manhandle that company and still keep the stockholders happy. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, and I don't think that uh, I don't think that Rivian has that gravitas. Now, the other thing, and we'll get into it kind of in the grain of the gears. There are five or six other companies that you and I now can name after doing this show that are making electric trucks within the next year or two. Right. 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 Including one by GM, reviving the Hummer brand. Yeah. And they've actually made a go of putting that back together, and a pretty yeah. competitive product. Yeah, it's expensive, but uh, to so, your point, so the, that that all said, that's why I'm not buying stock. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's also your your point about people buying stock because of a certain personality or a certain uh, image that that brand projects. Mm-hmm. It's usually one individual. But it sounds like Scringe and Rivian are taking a different approach, which is the – it's almost like a you know, early General Motors approach where you don't hear the big and powerful people talk. They're just there. The company somehow still manages to make headlines, make waves. They're first. That's, yes. the, only, that's the only thing I'm going to give them. They're first. Yeah. And and they've, they've, made, they've made it this far. I've actually seen a couple on the road for the first time. We saw two last weekend mm-hmm. uh, driving to and from Bloomington. And it was it was interesting because they definitely have a presence on the road. The, the, the design of those vehicles looks so unlike anything else. And it's contemporary without being obnoxious, but it's it's unique. And we saw it coming at us on 74 and we're like, oh, my God, it's Rivian. Oh, cool. They exist. They're real. They're yeah. here. Yeah. Um, a couple others have seen you know, transports. Uh, I, I saw transport. Yeah. Again, I, the, the pre-show and the regular show blurs now, right? They do. They do. But uh, yeah, I saw some going out west when I was uh, coming back from California. And then uh, I, when I was at uh, Joshua Tree National Park, I saw one cruising. Joshua Tree is kind of a big loop, and I saw one coming through the loop. And it was all decorated. I couldn't tell what was on it, but it had just – you could tell the car had been wrapped like it was a promo vehicle. Oh, uh, okay. So maybe it was just doing tours out there or something like that. So if you said you wanted to buy a Rivian, oh, you could sign up for a day at Joshua Tree with it. I don't know. But uh, that's Interesting. probably how it was going down, right? Yeah, yeah. So to your point, yeah, I can see the, the hesitation there. Um, I think the big news though is the Ford pretty emphatically coming out and being like, yeah, we're done. This yeah. whole thing, we're done. And they've invested a fair amount of money in it. Can the Amazon and some of the other carriers, those big contracts uh, for delivery vehicles, 
can that carry them? Can just the pickup truck and the SUV carry them for now? I think they have to have something else. There has to be some other buzz. Right now, I think they're riding the, the, the crest of that wave. What's people, next? People know the name Rivian now. They didn't know the name Rivian six months ago. When I said the name Rivian to somebody at one of my 20 groups, uh, they, they didn't know who I was talking about. I'm like, you know, maybe we're jaded because they're, they're in our area. Perhaps. But uh, it was funny that a guy from Boulder, Colorado had never heard of the company. So Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden about two months ago, RJ and some everybody else was on uh, – was it CBS Sunday morning? Yeah. There were, or Today Show. There was some big national interview and everybody – oh, have you heard about this? I'm like, yeah, we have. Yeah. Now the rest of the world has. Yeah. We'll see if they take yeah. notice. I, don't, I mean if I could have gotten in earlier, I think if you could have bought in earlier before the IPO. I think that would be the way to go. But uh, – you know, and a lot of those employees, because I've been through this with another company I worked with. You usually when you're gifted stock shares, mm-hmm. so if you're gifted a hundred or a thousand or whatever, you generally have to hold on to them for a year or, or a year and a half a or something like that. So, it'd be interesting to see what happens with the stock and the employee morale if the stock keeps lowering. Because the Ford F one fifty Lightning, uh, I think there's now a ton of pre orders for that. There's people talking about that in my circle of friends. There are people that are actually interested in yeah. seeing one of those driving ones, seeing what it's like, and maybe placing an order for one. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with the Ford F-150 is it doesn't look radically different. You're saying you saw the presence, you know. Mm-hmm. But again, this Rivian truck, as cool as it is, with those headlights and its design, I can't say if two years from now, looking at some of the, the other tr- – the Cybertruck or this Edison truck we're going to talk about – its design might be kind of stayed two or three years from now. It might remind me of like an old Tacoma versus a new Tacoma. There's something kind of uh, classic, but maybe a little stayed. It's not radical. I can see that too. It's not it, a, a big departure for any by any means, right? It's like how everybody's like ripping the granite out of their house. Oh, it's ugly. Yeah. And like when we first bought a house, it was like, oh, granite. Oh, stupid cat. It was, I it hate was Eric's stupid cat. Stupid cat. I thought it was yeah. uh, an intruder yeah. breaking yeah. in, but it was just a cat. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's enough about a Rivian. Someday we'll have a moment of scringe. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Ready for this, Daryl? Is it is it that time? It the is that time. It is time for your moment of Mustang. This is from CNBC. On October 4th, the company had a big case in San Francisco federal court. When a jury decided that Tesla must pay its former worker, Owen Diaz, about $137 million after he endured a racially hostile work environment during his time at the Tesla car plant in Fremont, California, which is formerly the Toyota plant. Well, at that time, Elon sent out an email to everybody from Elon Musk. This was on uh, Sunday, October 3rd. It was uh, redacted three times. I don't know what that was. Oh, the time was redacted. Sorry. We don't know what time. Elon may have written that at 2 a.m. He may have written it at 7 a.m. We don't know. But the subject is music in the factory. Can I read it like Elon? I'm not sure. I just want to say that I very much like the music in the factory, as well as any touches that make work more enjoyable. An associate must send me a note asking if we had to use an earbud for music so that his other ear can listen to safety-related issues. That sounds fine to me. Also, ambient music from speakers is also totally cool. So long as reasonable agreement among the colleagues and music choices. Dude, this email is painful to read. I can't do it. It's it, it's so, yeah. but anyway, he said if it pleases your day, if it makes you happy, that's fine, and it makes you want to come to work every day, that's great. In his own Elon way. But then, shortly thereafter, on the fourth, the next day, he sent out another one. It said, "Subject, please note: if an email is sent with explicit directions from me, there's only three actions allowed by managers. Email me back and explain why I what I said was incorrect. 
Sometimes I'm just plain wrong. Two, request further clarification if what I said was ambiguous. And three, execute the directions. If none of the above can be done, that manager will be asked to resign immediately. Thank you, Elon. And that is your moment of Musk. Oh, you will be asked to resign. What does that even mean? I think he's saying that somebody said the music is too loud and then he sent these directives out. It was really weird. The whole thing is stupid because in a factory setting – again, I don't work in a factory. I celebrate the fact that this guy is is basically the lead edge. I mean he is is the head of the dagger, so he represents the company. But then then you have email to everybody – from Elon. And if he writes to everybody, I think it might go to SpaceX, it might go to Tesla, it might go to everybody in the friggin', you know, every Solar City. Neuralink. Right. <laughs> well, there's the mind control company he's got. Yeah. Subject music in the factory. Have you ever had, you've worked several places over the years. Have you had an email that's come in from a boss that's like totally cool about whatever you want to do? No, never had that. I've never had anything from a from a director level that says totally cool with Yeah, so the the lingo he used uh he did say totally cool. Uh, where was it? Where I was care it? very much that you look forward to coming to work every day. Robot people make, <laughs> yeah, people make fun of Zuckerberg. It's like being a robot. <laughs> I look forward and care that you yeah. look forward to things that work. No, no, no. Ambient music from speakers is also totally cool, so as long as there's reasonable agreement. I mean, that's what we do in my shop every day. When one guy wants to listen to Kiss Lick It Up for three straight days, we have to shut him down and say, listen, we're done with this album. It was a bad 80s Kiss album. We've got to move on. It's a great song, though, man. I don't know. I don't know if I can roll with that one. It, up. it is good to know. <laughs> so, what do you do? Do you get equal time? Someone else gets to control well, we what just, they listen yeah, to? No, or? then we just, yeah, we say the DJ moves over to this guy for the rest of the week. But if you're in a shop like that, you've got tools, you've got moving vehicles coming and going, much like a factory assembling Teslas. Yeah. Do you have to have some sort of lookout or like one earbud in? Can you do you can you let your guys use earbuds? Well, that's my biggest problem: the earbuds. I would rather guys listen to loud music, you know, yeah. because I mean, loud music has one source, but generally the rest of the shop is paying attention to whatever they're doing. So then I have another guy who's like, "I hate the music. I'm gonna listen to these these things." And you can yell at him across the shop, yeah, and, he's and you're like, "Dude, world. dude!" He just doesn't even look at you, and you're yeah. like, "This place could be on fire. <laughs> Shop's on you know? fire. Yeah, and you don't know what's going on." So. Yeah. Um, I can I can see I can see both ways. You ever get asked to turn your music off because of some content in the music? Well, I have to ask some of my technicians sometimes okay. because the f bombs start raining at the Lubrac, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, "This is where customers get out of their cars." Oh, was there a swear? I I'm so attuned to it, you know. Yeah. And one of my older guys out in the shop, he drops f bombs every once in a while. We always joke that every day he hits his head on a Forerunner. There's just something about the skid plates and forerunners, and he drops an f bomb, and I go out there I'm like, "Come on, Terry, you know, can you can you keep it under control?" <laughs> I remember when I was working shipping in a stock room, I used to have a little accompaniment, and sometimes it would be Biggie Smalls, it would be, uh, you know, various groups, Nine Inch Nails, whatever, mm-hmm. and I I was asked twice to. Change the change the CD. Yes, I think the animal line comes to the shop once a couple. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I, want, I want to uh, something something. Yeah, yeah. I, I that one. I think every day that song plays in the shop. 
in the back shop. I mean, there's a radio edit. You can always pull that up. I don't but. think that's what's happening, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. If there's there's sensitive ears there, it's it's work. It's not your your personal vehicle. You it can is. play that in your car as long as you want. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a classic song. Don't get me wrong, Great but uh, but at the same time, we are in a work environment, so I can't deal with you know. Um, you know, Mother <laughs> Teresa walking back there to look at the brake pads on her car that we walked her back there. <laughs> okay, Daryl. Yeah. I, I call this grinding of the gears, Daryl. Normally, the grinding of the gears is where you, like, something is stuck. It's stuck in your craw. We still haven't identified what the craw portion of your body is, but it's stuck Occasionally. there. Occasionally. And, it, and it irritates you so much. You're like, you're like that the Aesop's fable where there's like a thorn stuck in the lion's paw. Right. And it's stuck there, and it's bothering you. <laughs> Until somebody comes up and pulls that thorn out, you're just a cranky, cantankerous lion, right? Yeah, and okay. you're, you're Molly Sunshine all the time. <laughs> so, But I noticed I didn't have anything under this section, but I, I think there's some items that might be stuck in this in, was in only craw. Okay, so we, I alluded to this three times in the show tonight. It's edisonfuture.com. You know, Thomas Edison, he was he was a lot of things, but I didn't know he was an electrical vehicle pioneer. But you know what, Daryl? Just like Nikola Tesla, mm. if you're going to sell cars, what are you going to do? You're going to dig up somebody out of the grave and you're going to slap <laughs> their name on a friggin' electric car. So that's what the Edison Future Company has done with the EF1 electric solar pickup truck. It's a robust and modern multi-purpose pickup <laughs> truck for work, travel, family, or personal use in varying road and conditions. From the city streets to the off-road. And you know what? It looks pretty good. I mean, it kind of looks like a Tesla Cybertruck mixed with uh, maybe that uh, canoe thing. And the solar roof kind of comes up like a fastback on an old Mustang. It's cool. But you know what it is, Daryl? It's another electric truck I've never heard of that somebody's <laughs> investing money in. And I, get, I guarantee you right now, just like if we were to line up eight racehorses, up yeah. there at the uh, racetrack, and we get them all in the gate. This this jalopy is it's fifty to one to make it around the track. Toast, yeah, yeah. Uh, until you posted this, I had not heard of them. <laughs> it's a nice looking design, but you know what? A fifth grader can draw you a nice yeah. looking truck. Yeah. So interesting, interesting. Where did you find this? Does it just pop up uh, in a search or something? I don't remember um, your bookmark search for crappy <laughs> EV vehicles. That I mean, it looks legit. Uh, the funny thing is when you a lot of times you go to these websites and you see like their vehicles like photoshopped against like a rocky background like yeah. it, like it's really off roading or something like that. <laughs> Be like this vehicle hasn't left a blue a green screen room you know since they've designed it. It's in their computer someday. The, I don't know if it was Canoe or if it was one of those other companies that was like pushing around cars made of plywood or something like two by fours and they're like you know did you see those videos? I did. Okay, and I'm like. All right, this is great, guys. I'm glad somebody's throwing some money at you, you know, to make a car. And all you can hope, you know, if you're Edison Inc. or whatever, that you have a patent, you've done something unique with this car that Tesla or Rivian or Ford or somebody says, you know what, that's good. I want to buy that patent. You know, and, yeah. and you can only hope that you can you can live with that and maybe and integrate that into the the genome of future EV vehicles, right? But if we had some company that had invented a much more rapid charging solar powered <laughs> system or so you know what I'm saying yeah, like yeah. it already would be there yeah. the big monstrosities like General Motors Ford uh, Tesla they would all have done it by now if there's yeah. money and a way to get it in the consumers pockets they would do it yeah um, I think this is just another opportunity to capitalize on some of the buzz and 
and put some and, money out there and dig up somebody's grave and uh, slap their name on it. Do you think the Edison family's making bank on this one? Are there any descendants? I don't. I, that's a great question. I, I, you know, I, I used to do that like Abraham Lincoln, like look up the descendants of Lincoln yeah. and stuff like that. Like who's course, the Thomas modern... Jefferson? You never really know what's going on. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, you wonder. I think Edison had kids, and yeah. you know, other like great great grandkids. Yeah. Did they have any money? Did they like every time a light bulb gets sold? Are they like, ooh, rich? Oh, yeah. yeah, right. Those. Well, they probably hate LEDs. That's right, all. Right, they, <laughs> they're the incandescents. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're not making any money. This now. sucks, man. We used to do so good. Yeah, my trust fund's depleted. Yeah. And nobody's buying. Yeah, they're, they're the ones going to all the hipster bars trying to sell those those old style bulbs. <laughs> you really want horse filament? I'm telling you, authentic right. horse filament. That's right. The best light ever. <laughs> all right, so folks. You've come almost to the end, but this is one last segment of the show. This is a segment Daryl and I dream. We dare, dare we dream, dream of cars that, you know, you, you heard earlier our dream garages, but that's not good enough. No, there's cars sitting somewhere in central Illinois, mm-hmm. maybe somewhere in the Midwest that need to be bought. And Daryl and I peruse all, all the venues. I mean, I bring a trailer. Facebook Marketplace. I was on Facebook Marketplace this week. I bet you were too. Uh, a couple times. I didn't hit Craigslist. I thought about it. I was almost there. I haven't hit Craigslist in months. I'm yeah. going to do that tonight yeah, before I, I go to bed. I almost listed my car on, on Craigslist. Really? But you name it. You name the site. And Daryl and I, we find these cars. We find cars we didn't even know we wanted, but they're out there for sale. And they're such bargains. Oh my God, Angela. Look at what I found. <laughs> Look at this car. We, you know, we're on a road trip right now across the country. What we need. We need an action van. Action vans are like the hot ticket. Everybody needs an action van. And she looks at me and she goes, that'd be great. And then I reminded myself about the action van that was coming up to Porcupine Rim. And it had to sound like the Clampett truck banging back and forth because it was on an off-road trail. Can you imagine what those things sound like with the drawers slamming back and forth and pots and pans? Um, It actually might be be a really fun experience. Yeah, (laughs) Dude, your cat... Is nuts. I think the door is locked. Anyway, all I'm going to say, this is Cars of the Week, folks. Daryl and I have found some gems once again, and I'll bet, I'll bet, actually, you're not surprised. It's all by our picks, so here we go. What do you got, Daryl? So this week, I actually went old school. Uh, I picked out a 62 Catalina, Pontiac Catalina sedan. Big, basic, boring, blue Pontiac four-door sedan. Uh, It came up on Facebook Marketplace. Is it local? It is in Davenport okay. or Bettendorf, uh, somewhere up the Quad Cities in Iowa. Can you name the Quad Cities quickly? Uh, Davenport, Bettendorf, Rock Island, and um, Moline. Yeah, good job. There you go. Yeah. Um, so this thing actually is neat. It's got a 389 V8, which is the same motor as the later GTOs that everybody has tri-power on, everybody loves. Uh, but actually, Oh, yeah, tri-power. I'm all about the tri-power. Are you? Yeah. Every tri- GTO guy. <laughs> Every you open the hood, they got the three deuces right sitting there. Oh like, yeah, ooh! And most of the cars didn't leave the factory with those, so they just you know added those. Anyways, it reminds me of my '64 Chevy I had, which is kind of a similar color uh, four door sedan. Roofline was kind of similar, but uh, I think this thing is really nice. The 389 was just rebuilt, and the interior is all redone. It actually looks really nice inside. The outside looks like it needs a little freshening. It needs some help. Yeah, I, it looked almost like it was like a silver glaze, but is that just the blue worn through? I think it's either worn blue or just dust on it. And it's got the real thin white white wall tires, not the yes. wide whites, yeah. and dog dish hubcaps. Almost on. like a cop car. Yeah, it's kind of got cop car vibes, but it, it's it's better than that. 
Um, so I would love to actually put this thing and make it right. Give us a good coat of paint, maybe a lighter blue with like an ivory top, nicer rims and tires, and I think it wouldn't be that much. Guys asking eight grand, which to me is a little high, but if you look at the amount of work that was put into the motor and the uh, the interior, I think it's pretty fair. Uh, I think it's probably another eight grand away from being perfect, but eight grand. I don't know. <laughs> eight grand from being perfect. Maybe you just made that number up. I I did. <laughs> I don't know what things cost. I'm I'm out of my element, but. You could always paint it with a sponge. How, how many trips to the junkyard up up to uh, Mar- <laughs> Maryland with Brent Rossi right. would it take to be eight grand in this? I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I'm willing to try. 62 GMs. I love every single one they made. Pontiacs are pretty. The 62 Impalas are gorgeous. Buicks are even pretty. I, 62 Olds is a great car. I think every one of those in 62 is a beautiful ride. And just like American Graffiti, I would love to take a nice ride back into 1962 with this car. That's my pick. Uh, I'm probably not going to be surprised by what you picked. No, you know, it, actually, you might be because I didn't plan on picking this one. I've uh, I've stumbled across these little Toyota vans in the past, and actually, we had a customer come through here a while back. Uh, it was a like, real clean one, if I remember. Yeah, I, it was I super clean. It. Yeah, so this this one's nothing like that. This is a 1987 Toyota Deluxe minivan. Now they called it a Previa, but it's not a Previa. I'm not sure if Facebook. I'm not sure if Zuckerberg like mis mislabeled this thing, but it's definitely not a Previa. It's the old toaster van, as we used to call it. They just called them vans, right? It's kind of like they used to call them pickups. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't. I'm surprised they didn't call the Camry a car. Anyway, <laughs> it was very, uh, very thoughtful sedan. naming. Sedan, coupe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, 1987. It's a nice van. It's got a, a nice uh, what we used to call it, anthracite paint on it. It's a four by four. So I'm not sure this was ever an American van. It's a five speed 1987 four by four van. Oh. It's got the locking front hubs, which is super cool. Uh, he's got some custom bumpers on there, almost like they're a two-bumper, and they're welded in there. It's got the 4YE engine. It's been rebuilt. It drives great with no problems, maintaining highway speeds. And he slams Volkswagen by saying, way better than a VW Vanagon. <laughs> it's converted into a camper with his home-built bench seat combo in the back. Literally like a little bed thing has been set up back there. And he put his own custom roof rack on the top. He's got this thing listed, Daryl, for a price that I would have thought five years ago is completely asinine. I'm sorry. You know, five years ago, I would have said this van is worth $3,000. Well, yeah. you know what they're going for these days, Daryl? Are they going for like tens, fifteen? Yeah, about $9,500. And I don't Ooh. think that price is bad at $9,500, knowing that the engine's been rebuilt. It's four-wheel drive with the manual locking hubs. It's a turd on the highway. The engine is underneath the driver's seat. <laughs> if you ever need anything done to this, you're dropping the engine underneath the bottom of it. And then finding a dealer or a technician who wants to work on this without charging you a premium, slim to none. But you know what? Everybody right now is doing it, Daryl. So why not you know, try and grab some cash on this thing? He probably did his vacationing, probably did his work from... Uh, Work from home for the last two years, you know, while right. he was sitting out in Uray somewhere on a mountain pass. Yeah. Why not? So, hashtag van life. Is one of these in your future? Because I've seen a couple of vans pop up in your car of the week choices. It, and it's true. And I, that's why I said this yeah. car of the week, and along with your car of the week, I should I should think at this point are not surprises to anybody who listens to the show. They're are, not. We, are we predictable? Uh, we're getting stodgy and boring. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's probably what my wife would say. You're old and you, like you're boring. I want somebody. I want a younger, sportier model. Right, right. 
I don't want something with manually locking hubs. <laughs> True. Uh, hey, honey, can you get out and turn those hubs? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I think you can 3D print a tool to make it easier, by the way. Remember when sh- Remember when that was a big deal? Like, shift on the fly, four-wheel drive. Oh, like, yeah. Big deal. <laughs> yeah. Like, you hit a button and it well, does something? Oh, but, you know, but back then, when I worked at Toyota, we're like, well, you don't want that because it's better. It's worse fuel economy. Yeah. You know, those, those axles are turning all the time. It's reducing your fuel economy. American drivers are like... What are you talking about? We don't care about fuel economy. Talk to, tell that to the guy in Minnesota. It's yeah. like, if it's snowing out, I want to be able to go through the snow. Uh, these things, I didn't realize you could actually get them in four-wheel drive. Was that a, a JDM thing? Well, or now, see, that, and that's why I think this is JDM because I don't remember the American bands having much more than just their basic packages. Uh, a four-wheel drive with a manual transmission and manual locking hub screams like I was – Born and made for Thailand or something like that, and then brought to the United States later on. So, but it'd be it interesting is, to see the title search on it this. It is a left-hand drive, and this is also that same era where they had like the the Tercel All Track. Yeah, that I tell you, they had some pretty decent stuff. They uh, that little Tercel wagon that was uh, all-wheel drive. I liked it with the the high back with the big big third row windows. Tanks. Yeah, I don't, they had tiny my little first motor. girlfriend, who I well, I say first girlfriend, like high le- school, legit girlfriend who I actually kissed. You know. Yeah. yeah, her mom drove one of those. Okay. Yeah, and they were very progressive because they drove a Toyota in like 1987 or something like that. Yeah, it was, there, yeah. there weren't as many folks here in the Midwest, right? farm country, that would yeah. drive those. Exactly. No, th- th- I could see that. I could see this thing. There was a lady in my neighborhood. She had uh, they had a big family, and she, w- she was like the drive all the kids to band and all that stuff. She had one of these things. And she was like the oddball in the neighborhood because everyone had Voyagers. Dude, everybody you know is from band. Caravans. Well, I was a band nerd. Sorry, I gotta get a picture of this cat. Yeah, the cat. The cat is <laughs> on your back. She's literally on yeah. the back. I think of my... that's a sign. Uh, it's not a black cat. It has not crossed the path. No. I think it's a sign that maybe the show needs to be shut down. Yeah, it's run its course. No, we've done a good job here tonight. You know, folks, if you have any feedback for the show, you can always go to info at thronriches.com and drop us an email. You can stop by the Facebook page and comment on any of our posts. Uh, and you can also subscribe to the, the uh, show on iTunes or Spotify or any of those other podcast feed things, whatever they call them these days, whatever the kids call them. Pretty pleased with the cherry on top. Leave a review or Eric's going to have a coronary. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm going to town. First off, the next reviewer (laughs) who who does a review, I might double sticker you. I'm just saying. Ooh. I could go crazy. It's a nice incentive. Yeah. I mean, I I got some Patreon coasters that I might, I might slip you one Patreon coaster. I'm just saying. So you might want to do that review. It's worth your time. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. We truly appreciate all the feedback and all the support over the years. And stay tuned. We're going to have a Christmas show here probably in a couple weeks. So never know what that's going to yield. (laughs) Probably unhappiness and regret from Mr. Scott. (laughs) Probably. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.